Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. What if you're starting to have doubts whether or not the new hire you recently brought onto the team is going to work out or not? That's what we're going to cover in this week's episode of the Manager Track Podcast. So welcome, my friend. I am glad that you're listening in because sooner or later, if you haven't already been in a situation, you will make a wrong hire. This happens to the best of leaders because when we hire people, we make those offers on limited information. And sometimes it is not truthful or sometimes it is not extensive enough and you haven't seen them actually be part of the team and navigate difficult setbacks or challenges. And that's also why a lot of companies have the three months probation period. But bottom line is this, you will inevitably sooner or later make a wrong hire. That's out of question. The question though is how will you know and what will you do if you notice someone isn't quite what you have expected? It doesn't mean that all of the people are not going to work out. Some of them are coachable. Some of them will adapt and they will get up to speed. But some of them won't. It is a very important topic and something to pay attention to and to be prepared for before it happens. So what are those warning signs to pay attention to and make sure that you don't let stuff slip or that you don't pretend like it's not there, that you're not at the effect of confirmation bias because you really want them to work out and therefore your brain is kind of filtering out or not being very objective and evaluating their performance and you might not see the alarm bells go off. You might not assign the right level of importance and urgency to it. Now quickly want to refer back to episode 55 when I interviewed a client of mine, Mark Langley, who's been in numerous director of talent acquisition roles who walked us through how to make good hiring decisions and mitigate the risk of making bad hires. Again, inevitable sooner or later this will happen, assuming that you are staying in a leadership role for a long, long time, but there are definitely ways that you can get mitigate the risk and have fewer of them. And there are things that you could do, especially if you're unaware of this and never really thought about it, that you will walk into and step into those pitfalls that then lead to having too many those bad hires on your team, which ultimately affects your performance, it affects your reputation, it impacts the productivity of your team, and it simply doesn't help. It's also really costly from an organizational perspective. Other than your time and your resources and your energy and the energy of your team that go into first navigating an underperformer on the team, then exiting that employee, and then starting the hiring process again, to find and then onboard a new employee, 
is costly. In fact, a lot of research shows that it costs an organization between 1.25 and 1.4 times the employee's annual salary to replace a bad hire. And so other than just your reputation at stake, your own performance and your own well-being, but also from a financial perspective, it's really important to do what we can to mitigate risks of bad hires and to be on the lookout for some of the early warning signs so that you can intervene and course correct if appropriate early on, you don't let it drag out. And speaking of dragging out, this is actually one of the big issues that I see with a lot of managers who have someone on the team who is not performing up to their standards and they let that drag on for way too long. So here is the golden, the magical question that you want to ask yourself at this point. And I actually want you to really think about this right now and answer this question for each employee on your team. Knowing what you know today, would you hire them again or would you not? And I'll go one by one of every person on your team and answer that question. If you were hesitating with one person on the team or it's a no, then that is an indicator that you need to do some work. This is a clear sign that you're tolerating something that you shouldn't tolerate. And I'm not saying to fire them, but you should no longer tolerate. You should either address it, work with it, or then making a decision to transition that person into a different team, a different role, or exiting that person from the organization. Whatever is necessary, but that is a person that needs attention from you now and some coaching. Because if you keep tolerating these people on the team, for one, you're stalling their own career because I'm making a bit of an assumption here, but it's very unlikely that if you wouldn't hire them again or you're hesitating in that giving that answer, they probably up not up for a promotion anytime soon. They're also probably not up for a big pay rise or a bonus. They're also probably not enjoying it as much as they could enjoy a job because they're probably picking up on the message that they're not doing as well as they could. So they're being stalled in their career. At the same time, it is likely that other people on your team are picking up on the fact that this performance level is tolerated, that you're making special exceptions or that you're lowering the bar for an employee, which can lead to resentment. It may also mean that they're having to pick up the ball because the underperformer isn't carrying their full load. So now other team members are compensating for their lower performance. On top of that, it's probably also taking a lot of your energy and mental and emotional engagement that you invest in coaching or supporting that employee or just you're getting frustrated or you're having conflict or you're working late because you have to pick up their slack or you have to correct their work or bring it to the finish line and all of that. So the employee is not doing well, they're not thriving, the team is negatively impacted, and you're being distracted. You're not able to be at your best because your energy and your attention is sucked up by this situation. 
So I hope you understand why this is such an important point and why it is so important to be aware of the warning signs. Now, with all that said, I also totally understand why you would tolerate someone who's underperforming because this is hard stuff. It's not easy to deliver tough feedback. It's not easy to try to coach someone and to invest in someone and then feel disappointed or feel like it's slowing you down. It is also hard if you know that maybe their family depends on it or that they're just really nice people. They're trying really hard. And so thinking about firing them is hard. Maybe you're worried about what they will think of you or maybe you worry about what the team or others in the organization will think of you if you have to fire them. Maybe you worry what it will mean about your leadership skills or your hiring skills if you have to let someone go who didn't work out. All those are common concerns. So if these are challenges that are going through your mind, they're thoughts that are going through your mind, know that you're not alone. This is totally common and it's normal to think that. In fact, it's a good thing that you feel some compassion or empathy for the other person. But that doesn't mean that you should tolerate this where now the business is suffering and the rest of your team and you are suffering. So there is clearly a line to that. And when you overstep that line, you have to take action. So now let's talk about some of these warning signs. What are the things, the behaviors that should trigger red alarm bells going off in your head when you notice your new hires displaying these behaviors? So there are six behaviors that I want to go over. The first one is when they start blaming, finding excuses, being defensive, or even being dishonest. So when something doesn't go as planned, or when you give them some kind of feedback, or when they're showing up late, or when they're missing a deadline. And the first thing that they do is either be dishonest, blame circumstances or other people, find excuses, or be defensive. Those are warning signs. Now, it doesn't mean that that's the end of it, and now you have to find someone else. Not what I'm saying. I'm going to be really, really clear. But these are warning signs that you need to be on it because people who blame and find excuses they then often lack the sense of ownership which brings me to point number two so if someone is lacking ownership not taking full responsibility for what they're delivering for their work product for their deliverables going the extra mile when they don't know to be resourceful and to go figure things out to ask questions to check in with you to ask for support when they need it If that's not there, then that is another warning sign. Now, moving on to the third warning sign. This is if someone is unwilling to learn. Sometimes you might hire someone who's a high performer, very specialized in one particular field, and you hire them because of their expertise. But now in your organization, you might have different processes. You might have a different demand on how this tool or their skills are being used or how you do things, how you do business, or how you interact with other people is maybe different than what they're used to. If they believe that their way is the right way and they're unwilling to learn and to adapt, big red flag, okay? Now, the fourth one is a lack of engagement. If they're not participating in meetings, if they're not asking questions, in group conversations, if they're not uh, engaging in social interactions, if there's just generally a lack of engagement that you notice in how they show up, a warning sign. 
Fifth one is if they gossip or have a negative attitude overall. So either they look at the situation and the first thing they notice is what's wrong, what's missing, what's not right, what could be done better. They may judge other people really quickly. They gossip with other people. That in general is an attitude that's toxic. And negative attitudes are contagious, unfortunately. So you want to really pick up on this and pay attention and start intervening as soon as you can when you notice someone is gossiping or someone is spreading a negative attitude. And then last but not least is when you notice that they're not being a good team player. And that means that they're not um, volunteering to step in and help an employee when they're not contributing to work that the whole team carries, um, when they're less interested to learn more about their team members or uh, their work. Those are all signs that they may have a different idea of what it means to be a good team player. Now, of course, in your team, there may be a really high need to be a team player. It may be a lower need to be a team player, but if someone is not a good team player at all, isn't willing to step in and help others and engage with others, those are warning signs. I would still, regardless of your job, something to pay attention to. So I'm doing a quick recap. So first one was blaming, being defensive, dishonest, or finding excuses. The second one was a lack of ownership. The third one was being unwilling to learn and ask questions. The fourth one was a lack of engagement, not really participating. The fifth one was gossiping or having a negative attitude. And the sixth one was not being a good team player. So those are the six red flags or warning signs to pay attention to in the first few months of onboarding a new team member. If you notice that your new hire could check the box in one or several of these six warning signs, then step in, be on it. And so here's what I suggest to do and what I mean when I say be on it. The first thing to do is to get on the same page. This means that your new hire needs to know exactly where you stand. So if you notice they're being defensive or they blame, you have to let them know and say something like, hey, I'm noticing when something like this happened, I'm sensing that you're being defensive or it seems to me that you are blaming other things, right? Again, using words such as it seems to me I make that mean, the story I'm making up about this or how I'm interpreting. So you're taking ownership of what's coming up for you and you're sharing specific facts. So when I hear you say it was someone else's fault, it seems to me like you're not taking full ownership. That's my interpretation. Tell me more. Let's figure this out together. That's a coaching approach, right? So then you start engaging with where is this coming from? What's happened here? And how can we turn this around so that we get to a place where we're all taking ownership, no matter if who else was involved and what else caused the thing, but we're trying to make the most out of it. So you're making sure that they're getting on the same page. They understand exactly what is bothering you. They understand exactly what alarm bells that they triggered and they are on the same page. That was number one. The second one is to identify the root cause. So as you're engaging in this conversation, your goal is to figure out what's really behind all this. And I would generally be on the lookout for four main root causes. Number one is any workplace tension. Maybe it's overwhelmed with everything that's going on and all the new information that's coming at them and all the new people that they're supposed to meet. 
The second one is any personal challenges. So maybe they've just relocated or they're in a new setup, a new routine. There's personal challenges that are going on that may cause them to be more sensitive or to not show up at their best at work. The third root cause could be work overload. So maybe they have too many demands on them and this could include personal demands as well. Maybe they just had a baby and there's a newborn at home while also dealing with a new job and it's just so much for them to carry. And then the fourth root cause could be a skill deficiency. So maybe they communicated all the things that they can do in an interview and you deformed your expectations and what they'll be able to deliver once they get on board. And now here they are and the expectations that you have on them is not what they're able to meet based on their current skill level. So now, of course, it requires more training. They just need more time to ramp up. And then the fifth root cause could be an attitude issue. So if someone just has overall a negative attitude, someone has weak self-leadership, weak emotional intelligence and emotional maturity, and they react to everything around them and they express their emotions quickly. They may get angry, snappy, they may roll their eyes or passive aggressive or they're rude. So it's more of an attitude that they display that is incompatible with the company culture or your team culture, simply what you expect and what you like to cultivate on your team. There are five root causes that I would look into to figure out what is really going on at the core and then define based on the root cause of the challenge uh, to figure out how to now support and coach and manage this employee to either bring them back up to where they're supposed to be to increase their performance or then to make the final decision to either transfer them out, change their role or exit them from the company. So recapping, the five main root causes to consider are workplace tension, personal challenges, work overload, skill deficiency, or poor attitude. So once you and your employee are on the same page and your employee understands your concerns, you together figured out the root cause of the challenge, then it's time to do coaching and to set a clear timeline in place, which means that you explain to them clearly what's expected. You're coaching them along the way, which means you're asking a lot of questions of what's going on, what's getting in the way, what's happening, how to best support them. You're reflecting back on them, what you're noticing. You're giving them honest and candid feedback along the way. And you're celebrating their efforts to change and turn things around. It's really important to not just look at the actual outcome and maybe the visible changes that you notice, but also the effort that they put in. So whenever you notice they're really trying to change, they really tried to be more engaged or to pay, take more ownership, let them know that you see that. Because the worst thing that can happen is someone starts and maybe starts on the wrong foot or something is getting in the way and then they feel like no one is trusting them, no one is having confidence in them and all that people see is the, the flaws or their shortfalls. That's a really quick way to demotivate someone who could actually be coached and could work out over time. But as you keep coaching this person, you want to make sure that you have a timeline in mind and communicate it with that person by when you're expecting what. You should both agree that this is doable. That person should agree. That person should be able to uh, recite back to you what the understanding is, what is expected of them, how they can get there, how often to check in with you, and so on. 
if by let's say 30 days later or 60 days later you still don't see a change and you've been coaching them and giving them feedback all along and in those conversations also get really clear on the consequences this could be removing them from a project it could be transitioning them into a different team or different role if the person who joined your team was actually an internal transfer if they're a completely new hire it is often the case that you're probably being advised and that you might even choose to just let them go and move on to a different organization. The consequence and the timeline need to be clearly outlined, which is also why I recommend that early on when these warning signs pop up that you engage your manager and HR so that they can tell you what the protocol is. They can help you make sure that you're documenting your feedback, which is really important from a legal standpoint. And they can give you any further advice. Uh, this is an area that I think is really important for you to have a partner at in HR who can help you and guide you along the way so that you're following company and legal protocols, company protocols, but also you're covering yourself and the company from a legal perspective. So get the help internally, clearly communicate feedback, goals and expectations and consequences of what will happen or what decision will need to be taken if that change doesn't transpire. So the four steps are get on the same page, identify the root cause, give honest feedback all along, coach, have a timeline in place, set clear expectations and talk about consequences. And then if needed, make that final decision to letting them go with the support of your HR partner. Now, as I'm recapping this, I realized there were six warning signs, five root causes, and it's a four-step process to manage someone's performance. That's kind of fun and something I just noticed as I'm looking at my notes. Now, before I end, I want to tell you this. If you find yourself in a situation where you have to manage an underperformer on your team, Look for opportunities to learn from this experience. Any challenge, any setback is a setup. There is so much there for you to learn about yourself, about leadership, about them, about the team, about processes and so on. So look for all the opportunities to learn from this experience. Also know that it is inevitable as a leader to not only make bad hires sooner or later, but also to have to manage underperformers. If this is your first time in it, it is very likely that this will happen again, again, assuming that you'll be in a leadership role for the foreseeable future. It is inevitable. So be kind to yourself too. Look at it as a way to learn, an opportunity to learn, and then also understand this is inevitable. All leaders go through this. It is hard and it is not your fault. There are a lot of factors that play into this. It doesn't mean you're not cut out to be a leader. It doesn't mean that you're not a good leader. It just means there's more to learn and there's always a residual risk. So speak nicely to yourself. Speak to yourself like you would Talk to your friend who'd be in a situation like that. What would you tell them if they had to manage an underperformer? Foster that kind of conversation inside your head. We have the saying, treat others like you want to be treated yourself. And I think we need to add on, speak to yourself and treat yourself like you would speak to and treat others. So this is about you being kind, you seeing it as a learning opportunity. And that is all there is. 
The vast majority of us aren't born as natural leaders. Leadership is a skill to be learned. It's a system to be put in place, an attitude to adopt. It is a mindset shift that needs to take place. And if you are in a leadership role and you notice you being stretched or you want to know how to fulfill your fullest leadership potential and set yourself up for success in your career as a leader, then head on over to RamonaShaw.com forward slash apply to schedule a free leadership accelerator call. And during this call, you and I will chat and I will help you get clarity on where you are right now, what main areas um, to focus on in terms of your leadership development. And if there's an opportunity for us to work together, great. If not, you will still leave with a lot of great insights. You would have invested 45 minutes into yourself and your career and that is totally worth it plus you'll walk away with a clear action plan and roadmap on what specific areas to focus on again it's ramonashaw.com forward slash apply i'd love to chat with you and that's what i got today i'll see you next week in another episode of the minute to track podcast if you love this show then you love even more my free training for new managers If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.